Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Playlist Podcast, the podcast where we discuss uh, any pertinent film news, uh, reviews, discussion, pop culture, whatever's on our minds. Uh, I'm Ryan Oliver. Uh, today I'm joined by our Playlist Managing Editor, Charles Barfield. How are you doing today, Charles? I'm doing great. Awesome. Glad to hear. Uh, before we dive into the show proper, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, this show is part of the Playlist Podcast Network which you could subscribe to on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. Uh, you'll get this show along with the gesture tracking over under movies, uh, binge worthy indie beats, uh, whatever your jam is. We, we hope to have you covered. And uh, so please be sure to subscribe to us if you enjoy this show and uh, drop us a line. Let us know uh, what we're doing right and what we can improve on. But now with that out of the way, uh, we can dive into our topic at hand, which um some big news that landed, I believe, last week, uh, which we're just now getting to and 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 hoping to unpack, is that uh, with Disney's new streaming service that is set to launch in 2019, we still don't know when. They just just supposed to launch somewhere in 2019. That they will be producing, um, they will be producing a new set of Marvel shows. Uh, they mentioned that Loki and Scarlet, Witch would be the first characters to be getting their own show. Uh, but the biggest piece of that information, uh, is that these will fall under the Marvel studios banner, which is controlled by Kevin Feige, the brain, brain trust over at Marvel, uh, and not under the Marvel TV banner. Um, and before we hopped on Mike, this was something I, I actually had no awareness of, or at least as uh, as you mentioned, Charles, that this was kind of announced in 2015, or at least the Marvel TV thing, and people have mostly forgotten about it. Um, so I just wanted to pass the ball to you uh, as to get like a little bit of clarification between like, the difference between Marvel Studios and, and Marvel Television. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's actually the difference between Marvel Studios and everything else Marvel, comic books, TV, everything. Um, basically, back in 2015, after years of Kevin Feige fighting for more money, for more creative control, um, taking more risks, all of that with the movies, um, he was running into a brick wall with the CEO of Marvel named uh, Ike Perlmutter. Well, Kevin Feige kept, you know, trying to, to get Perlmutter to loosen the purse strings and all that, but just to no avail. So he goes to, uh, Feige goes to Alan Horn over at Disney and says, hey man, we're making you a lot of money over here, um, but I just can't do that working under Ike. Let's, let's separate Marvel Studios, the films, from the rest of Marvel, and I'll report directly to you. Well, apparently that worked out. Alan Horn said sure, and ever since then... Um, with Civil War on, I believe, it's been that way with Marvel Studios acting completely separate from Marvel TV and Marvel proper. Um, and, and one of the 
the linchpins to this separation was Robert Downey Jr. Actually, um, oh. he was. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I just said oh. Like, like I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when Feige had plans for Civil War, when they were coming up with what to do with Captain America three, reports were that he really wanted to do Civil War, but the only way to do that was to uh, spend a lot of money on Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ike Perlmutter was like, no, 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 you don't have to do it. So that's what the the precipice was for for Feige to go up above his head. And you know, since then, now we're seeing RDJ and everything and they're spending boatloads of money on everything and they're making a ton back. So I guess it worked out. Absolutely. Well, and you could tell in, and, and you mentioned this off mic, but I, I, I didn't know all this. So like to totally reiterate what you said, like you can tell in the movie is quality. Like the, the movies look better, have looked better since the war um, in my, in my opinion. And, uh, and honestly, I've enjoyed like pretty much that whole run of movies from civil war on with like a couple exceptions. So I'd like, they've, they've, actually been doing a good job on that front but um so essentially so kevin feige uh breaks off on his own marvel studios is separate from marvel television and now not only is he content with you know doing uh the movies that are making money hand over fist but he's going to be overseeing uh tv shows for the new disney streaming service um so it doesn't include like you said it doesn't include marvel tv at all uh i'm curious is like you know what what that will mean for the other shows will they just will they just get um just get crushed in the in the competition the like the daredevils and the jessica joneses over at netflix or the defenders which is on that's on hulu right no defenders is netflix as well hulu oh it has, is hulu has the runaways that's what I'm surprised it is you're not a an avid watcher I, I no, I I am not an avid watcher of it. That's the Runaways. I am I am sorry for getting that mixed up. Defenders is like the Avengers accumulation with like Jessica Jones and Iron Fist and all those guys, right? And then, oh yeah, uh, okay. And then the that's sorry, the Runaways. I knew there was something over at Hulu. <laughs> so, oh yeah, and there's Freeform too. Don't forget about Freeform. Oh, the the uh, ABC formerly ABC Family. They have a show yeah. too. Wow. Yeah, Cloak and Dagger. Oh man, okay. I'm so behind. So this again, <laughs> so glad you're the person on here to keep all this in line. But I'm curious what this is going to mean for those shows. Um you know, because obviously they will not fit in with the Marvel cinematic universe in any way. Um Yeah. And yeah. and if if the you know, Disney's trying to crush kind of not maybe not crush, but like have healthy <laughs> competition with these other services, like I, I'd be curious as what would happen with those shows. Oh, make no mistake. Disney wants to rule all. Um, (laughs) But what's really interesting is I think what happened in 2015 might have happened again. I think Kevin Feige and Walt Disney uh, as a company saw that Marvel TV has been struggling. Like you don't even remember Cloak and Dagger or The Runaways because it's not an event anymore. Back when all the Netflix shows are being announced, back when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a thing, it was like, oh my gosh, we have to see what's going on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now fans are so savvy, they understand that these shows don't mean anything, um, at least in the greater scheme of things. So I, I, I wonder if, you know, and this is pure speculation, I don't have any clue if this is true, but it would stand to reason that maybe Disney went to Kevin Feige and said, hey, man, we're starting fresh over at Disney streaming. What can you do? And he was probably like, oh, let me do it right. Give me control and we'll we'll get it going. And and I think that's what we're going to see. I think these won't be viewed as 
the same type of series as the Marvel TV things. I think these will be more like limited event series. Isn't that kind of like the buzzword now? Event series where they'll have six episodes. They'll spend tens of millions of dollars, probably 50 to 60, I think is what people have been speculating per series. They'll bring, you know, we'll, we'll get to the specific shows, but they'll bring the stars back. Um, the ones that everybody knows and loves from the movies. And these will be treated kind of like one-off little things. Um, now, as far as what how I feel this might affect Marvel TV is, you know, as a viewer, uh, first you have to subscribe to Disney streaming. But let's assume Perfect World, everybody subscribes to Disney streaming, right? Right. As a viewer, are you going to take those six hours and watch Tom Hiddleston as Loki again? Or are you going to watch, you know, season four of luke cage you know that that doesn't really mean anything and and i think what will end up happening is we'll see that these marvel tv shows marvel tv i mean um will start to struggle uh in ratings and relevance and you know who knows what that could lead to absolutely well the one thing um at least for me personally as a viewer i just have to to insert my point point of view in there uh i love the idea of six episodes as opposed to like uh 12 like the netflix ones are what 12 episodes roughly 13 oh my god okay so that's and and (laughs) i'm sorry to cut you off but the reason that is and this is this just happened because everybody whenever you read a review uh, we were guilty of it too whenever you read a review these shows you're like oh man they're just so long and you know boy these would be great if they were a tight eight episodes but apparently when marvel tv struck these deals with netflix um it was for 13 episode seasons and that's just part of the contract. So no matter what, that's what you're going to get. I think uh, Defenders is the the outlier in that, though. Right. I do remember, actually, that one having a shorter one. But I know, uh, you know, I guess a, a peek behind the curtain for our listeners, Rod and I talked about covering the Punisher series at, at one point on this podcast. And I, I'm not an avid TV watcher, and I just unfortunately didn't have the time to do it. But we were going to. And I'm like, Jesus, it's like 13 episodes to sit through a series that I've heard is kind of just okay so like the idea of six episodes and being a little bit longer than the movies but but close but little tighter storytelling i think is interesting uh but but to spin off on that point the other thing i would be curious about um so these will be under marvel studios obviously they're spinning off characters from the marvel cinematic universe movies they will have their own series i'm curious as to how much they will tie in with the current events of the movies. And if you have to keep up with these series to understand what's going on in the movies, that that will be one thing I would be curious about to see. I I think that they're, uh, well, it's hard to say with infinity war being so tied together with everything, but I was going to say, I think that Kevin Feige and those folks, they, they understand that these need to be evergreen. They need to, to be watched at any point. Like, you know, some kid in 10 years might just skip ahead and watch the Loki series, you know? So it's not difficult. Comic books have been doing it for decades. So I assume that, you know, there's a way they can do that with these projects. I I would assume so as well, but it, but it just made me curious because I know, um, and I never watched agents of shield. So what I'm about to say is complete, (laughs) like, you know, with a complete grain of salt. But from what my understanding of that show is, is that, does it like fit decently with the it fits decently with the events of the movies but you don't have to watch that show to understand like what's going on in the movies like it's kind of irrelevant um so agents of shields interesting because 
Joss Whedon was the uh, the man behind that first season. Well, he his brother, right. um, but he was he was you know he directed the first episode, I think. But anyway, uh, the first season was very tight end. I think I want to say that they would drop like you know names like Captain America, Avenger names throughout the the episodes regularly. And I know that Lady Sif from Thor showed up in an episode. Um, and I know that, oh man, you're making me go back here. I think <laughs> that when Thor the Dark World came out, they had a Thor the Dark World episode where S.H.I.E.L.D. went to London to clean up. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. And then, and then um, of course, we all remember that what, uh, what Winter Soldier did to the MCU by disbanding S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> apparently the show didn't know that going into it. So they had to, to catch up pretty quickly. So while they do, I don't know if they still do. I, I like you haven't watched shield in years, but I, I know they used to try or at least make their best effort. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I could see the, the movies doing something like that. Um, if they're not like sort of period pieces or at different times in the characters' lives that they, they, you know, they definitely have continuity with the events of the movies, but it's not crucial that you watch these shows to understand like the continuity from movie to movie. Um, uh, I, I did. So I was just thinking like, man, imagine if, you know, before infinity war, instead of having to watch 22 movies as it is, or 19 movies, I guess you had to watch 19 movies and three, six hour series. That's just, <laughs> yeah, wow. that, that would be crazy. Exactly. I mean, it's, it already is a lot to watch all those movies. I, I had to, not to, not to, put my my dad on blast but like i had to make a lit <laughs> but like they like certain characters but they wanted to see infinity war so i had to make like a truncated sort of list of like okay these are the movies that really matter <laughs> that you watch and if you need any filling in the blanks i can do it so like yeah. it, it is already a big ask for like you know a common common uh, uh casual movie goer um but i'm also curious like you know we got loki and we got scarlet witch those are the ones they're going to make series of um Personally, I really like uh, Elizabeth Olsen's Scarlet Witch character, so I'm actually pretty excited to, to see that as a series. But I'm wondering, like, what other characters they would adapt. Um, I know you joked off Mike. It's a shame Rod's not with us because uh, we know he's the biggest Hawkeye fan in the world, and I'm sure he's got a take for a Hawkeye series. But um, but I'd be curious, and I'd also be curious, too, if there's any, like, second or third tier characters where they've made movies of but are like either waning in popularity or like are just breaking even where they're like, you could make a series of them like Dr. Strange or Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'd be curious to see what their like possibilities are and what they're thinking about it. Definitely. I think uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is a surefire made for TV movie, right? Like sure. you, you don't need a whole lot of money. I mean, the effects of course are, are expensive, but Every one of those are, or both those films are very small stories. They could easily be done over four to five episodes. And, you know, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly are, are not, you know, making 20 million a movie. So it's, it's very realistic. Um, as far as, as other uh, potential series. Oh, you mentioned Doctor Strange. I'm sorry. Um, I will disagree. I think Doctor Strange is destined for the movies again because Kevin Feige apparently has a, a love of Doctor Strange. I don't get it personally, but you yeah, know. me neither. <laughs> I liked him in Infinity War. Uh, I like I didn't like his own movie, but like I, I really liked that character in like the group setting. But but I digress. Yeah. 
No, for sure. I think he's just like the Hulk in that respect. But yeah. um, I think I I also agree that Scarlet Witch is is kind of going to be that show where people are going to understand really what they're capable of. I think she's an example of a character that's just underutilized in the movies yeah. um, or plain done bad as in Ultron. I don't think that worked at all. But in more recent movies, you know, she's been great. Um, Hawkeye, obviously, you could do a very small scale TV show with him. Um, Falcon, Winter yeah. Soldier. Um, both those characters, you know, could be gritty. Well, I don't know how gritty considering it's Disney, but, you know, they could be war movies or, or what have you, kind of just whatever. I think those are going to be the the prototypical shows that we're going to see. Um, you're not going to see an Iron Man TV show. No. <laughs> uh, but also, you know, Feige is, is always hinting at, at new ideas and new characters. Um, so I think, you know, I mentioned this in a correspondence with you, but I think Ms. Marvel is a is a name that could very easily be turned into a TV series. Oh, yeah. um, I know that's kind of a, a deep pull for some people, but um, she's this teenage um, Muslim superhero who idolizes Captain Marvel. Um, so after that movie comes out, why not, you know, just have this kind of like teen drama with superhero superpowers um, that could very easily be a movie as well. That would be great. Um, I'd also like to see a movie. Uh, like if I was if I was pitching one, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a movie about Shuri if possible. Mm. Um, I think that would be. I don't know what you would do necessarily, or maybe she like I don't, I don't know if there's like a comic line where she either <laughs> takes up the mantle as Black Panther or has like you know uses the suit in any way. But like I like that character a lot, so that 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 could be cool, or uh, or just like. I don't know her working on her experiment, something like that. I don't know. I, I'm I'm very interested in the world of Wakanda, so I'd love to see more stories set in that world that did you know didn't have to necessarily involve T'Challa uh, if they couldn't get the budget for any reason. Well, it, it's funny you mentioned Shuri because you you hit the nail on the head. Normally in the comics, I'm not the world's biggest Black Panther fan, so I'm sure somebody out there can can call me a crazy. But every time I've noticed Shuri is when they've made her Black Panther. Oh. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of the go to story with her. Um, however, you know, the Dora Milaje um, are another group of characters in Black Panther that I think could make for a for an interesting series. You know, this female uh, SWAT team slash Navy SEALs team uh, of badass warriors would be pretty great. That sounds awesome. I like I, I hope somebody somebody with some sort of power is listening to this somewhere <laughs> that can make that happen. But speaking of the, the dearth of characters that they could pull from one thing uh, I wanted to bring up, uh, I think that is, is probably worth discussing. And I think we could probably get into a lot of theories here is how the Fox deal is going to factor into this. Um, you know, will they, will they pull from the characters that, they license out to Fox uh, to for these series, like different X-Men characters or uh, maybe the Fantastic Four would work better as a series. You know, like I, I, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with those properties once that deal eventually goes through. Oh, yeah, that's see, I think that's going to be the the way that we can tell exactly how much power Kevin Feige has. Um, I think once the deal goes through with Fox next year, I think it's going to be mid-2019 is what they're saying, first half 2019, something like that. Um, if Disney is moving away from Marvel TV as an entity and, and wanting to put their TV shows on this Disney streaming service, will they let Kevin Feige run it like that? Um, 
completely taking all the Fox characters, kind of like, you know, hogging all the toys, so to speak. Um, I could I could see that happening. Otherwise, if we if if we do see a, you know, ABC series following the Fantastic Four, we know that, you know, the people over at Marvel TV kind of still have some pull. Otherwise, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that no Fox characters will go over to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the uh, Netflix series, but I bet you the good ones are going to stick with Kevin Feige. Right. Like, we're talking probably, like, Wolverine or, you know, oh, yeah. X-Men characters or um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think who else Fox had the rights to. They had X-Men. They had Fantastic Four. Uh, they had Daredevil, but as you spoke off mic, they they relapsed those rights. And so that's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. They had. Yeah, they had. A lot, actually. They had Daredevil, Punisher, Ghost Rider, all of those, but those lapsed, so Marvel got those anyway for free. But uh, I guess the the big get is the X-Men, because there's just so many of them. Oh, totally. Um, and, and, you know, they're their own universe, as Fox has shown, so. Right, yeah, and that then that would be curious, like a curious thing, too, if those characters, if they're going to keep those characters separate, or if they are eventually going to, you know, tie them in with the universe that they're already creating, and if they're going to tie them in, are they, well, I guess I was going to say, are they going to use the same actors? But I, I sincerely <laughs> doubt that, uh, at least not for TV anyway. Um, well, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, just today uh, on Twitter, so, you know, sorry if this is when this comes out, but um, today, Alexandra Ship, the young actress who plays Storm in the, the new trilogy, um, posted something on Twitter saying, you know, hey guys, just because we're we're merging doesn't mean they're recasting. And you know, I'm sure all the actors and their agents would love to think that, but uh, Bob Iger in an interview recently said that Kevin Feige is going to uh, has control over the the Fox characters in a larger sense, I guess, um, just like he does over the movies now, and that. He already has plans, whatever that means. So you got to assume they're going to combine them and recast. They have to. You don't think they're they're not going to splurge for Jennifer Lawrence, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender. Like, I mean, maybe, but that that would be an already, you know, these team up movies are already very, very expensive. And that would be, yeah. like, you know, I don't know what their fees are, but I know like at least Jennifer Lawrence has got to be very high. So we, I, well, and, and the question is, does she even want to do it anymore? I don't but, think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But I mean, you got, it, it's kind of a shame because Fassbender and, and McAvoy in particular are very good. Yeah. Um, and, and would probably seamlessly fit into the MCU as it stands. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you do one or two and then, recast the others i don't know totally uh and before we get on to the next topic i i am looking at, at the the notes the show notes for the episode and and you make a good point in all this fox stuff what the hell is going to happen with deadpool <laughs> it's a good yeah, question uh, well the reason i i was thinking that is because uh in that interview i i talked about with bob Iger, he talked about how um, you know, Feige has plans for these characters and, and the interviewer said, you know, what about, does that mean Deadpool's going to be an Avenger? And he, he said, uh, who knows? I think that was his quote. So I don't even know if they know. Um, and, and really I don't, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I guess that is true. And, and I guess like, you know, cause there was, I remember there were talks around the time Deadpool two came out that there, 
a wasn't really any like solid plans for deadpool 3 um right or they said something to the effect of like you know they're worried that like it's character that like as a solo movie you could really only do like a couple times before it gets potentially stale so uh which i would maybe tend to agree with so like who knows maybe that character would fit well into a group setting uh obviously he he his filthy mouth would be less filthy because <laughs> <laughs> they have to make these movies four quadrant pg-13 so that would be interesting to see how but that do they go. have to that's they, the question uh, that is a good question uh i they they don't have to but knowing disney like i i don't think they have any interest in making like at least under the Disney banner, like if they're gonna, oh, yeah. if they're going to yeah. keep Fox going under Fox and just like reap the profits, then maybe. But like if it's under the Disney banner, then I don't know. Then then it gets a little iffy, I guess. For sure. And and again, I I'm a comic book nerd, so I always go back to that. And when in the comics, you know, Deadpool isn't dropping f bombs. Those sure. are those are aimed at teens. So. You know, they, they can do a relatively clean Deadpool. It just is a matter of will audiences care if it's a sanitized Deadpool. Um, so it's a big question because of all the properties, that's the one that's actually making money. So true. You know. I think most audiences just find the character for the most by and large uh, a funny and entertaining and so as long as they kept that with what people want and it did like isn't like dropping F-bombs, I don't think people would care too much maybe hardcore fans in air quotes i don't even really know how to describe them but (laughs) but like some people would care but i think if the spirit of the character was there then i don't think uh like a general audience would really care too much uh yeah about that um but uh to go to keep going um i guess we could talk potentially use this to talk about the streaming service as a whole um so they're going to have the Marvel Marvel Studios television content, and they're obviously going to have the rights to the entire Marvel Studios library. Um, but I, I was curious, um, and you you mentioned this question here, like how how is the service going to? Do you think is going to drive interest? Like how you know people people can already go see these movies in the theater. Uh, or they can purchase them on on Blu-ray. Um, like, what is the streaming service like? I I I don't know. We don't know at this point because it's hard to tell. But I'd be curious as to like what what is going to be the big draw of these shows for people to subscribe to this Disney service. Well, I think name recognition's job number one. They're not going to come out of the gate with a, an unknown character and spend sixty million dollars. They're going to bring Tom Hiddleston in. They're going to bring Elizabeth Olsen in. Um, but that's not really a long-term solution, right? Like if, if Netflix has proven anything, it's that you need a wealth of content of varying interests. You can't just throw, you know, three Marvel shows a year like they're doing with three movies a year. You can't just do three uh, TV shows a year and expect people to, to subscribe for 12 months. Um, it's going to be interesting. What I uh, <laughs> I had this crazy idea, and I don't know if this is, again, purely speculation. I would say that a pretty decent idea would be to give an exclusive window for those movies on the Disney streaming service. Um, if you want to see Captain Marvel when it comes out, I, I don't think this will happen that soon. But eventually, if you want to see Captain Marvel when she comes out on video, oh, video, geez, DVD or Blu-ray, you're going to have to watch it on Disney streaming for three months and then they'll do it kind of like the Disney vault, but uh, 
a similar idea to that where maybe they'll they'll do uh, an exclusive window on the streaming service maybe they will do the disney vault idea and say we're gonna have these blu-rays out there for like six months but then you know if you want to watch it after that it's going to go back to the vault aka disney streaming um it'll be very interesting because again disney is the biggest studio around there's no denying it so if anybody can do it they can it's just a matter of how they're going to use these marvel characters and these films to to get people to subscribe to a service that at this point seems unnecessary i don't know right well and then i guess the other thing we're not factoring because we're, we're trying to focus like marvel specific on this episode but we're also not factoring in like you know the disney fairy tales and star wars which they've announced right. they want to do in star wars series um which personally my my cynical slash actually this might be a good idea to drive interest opinion uh if they want to um drive interest to the service is now that they purchased fox which still i believe is still held the rights to a new hope star wars wise i believe that's what happened is disney got everything but a new hope for some reason i don't remember don't quote me on that but i feel like i read yeah. that somewhere no 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 that that was the case actually that's why they weren't able to do the original releases um i, I don't know i want to say that that the even the um the upcoming merger doesn't affect that at all um oh. so i don't know if even they'll be able to but yes continue basically my thing was if they want make an exclusive run on the service with the original untampered star wars trilogy <laughs> <laughs> and don't release them anywhere else but they're like hey if you want to watch these without the stuff that george lucas put in later you can you can subscribe to the service uh oh, I, yeah. I don't know that would be a a, a, a pr probably a pretty big drawing of itself um, for sure all those people um I, I forget the name of the uh, the cut that is like the bootleg that circulates around the internet, but the I know specialized edition. Yes, yeah, yes. And then uh, they've already you know tried to do 4K restorations of that. So if if Disney were to say day one on the streaming service, you're going to get the 4K HDR restoration of A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, that would be big. That would probably be one of their biggest biggest draws out of anything. Um, but I did want to highlight another point, not to get too far on to a Star Wars tangent, um, is the, the like you said, three shows, three movies a year. Do you think that they would hire or, or Feige would appoint somebody to kind of oversee the TV aspect? Because, you know, overseeing the production of that many films plus that many television shows with film sized budgets is, a, you know, pretty pretty laborious so I'm, I'm wondering if they would you know um, as as you detailed in these notes if they would be hiring a different producer to oversee the television aspect yeah you gotta under you gotta think at some point kevin feige just can't do it all right like yeah. he, he he seems to have a death grip on these characters but that's three movies a year and and like you said three movies for any one person is a lot as it stands not to mention these are 200 million dollar blockbusters um adding three more shows to that just does seem like an awful lot, especially because these shows are going to, you know, have a longer production cycle. You have to imagine as well. So I would assume that, you know, Kevin Feige in full studio head uh, power will then have somebody he, you know, has like a, a, a number one, so to speak, or uh, over at the movie side and then another on the TV side to kind of, you know, execute his demands. Um, but at, at some point, he is going to have to be a little bit more hands off. You would you would assume, 
Right. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, the guy can't just burn the candle at both ends. So he would like probably be exhausted at some point. And uh, yeah, I would I would imagine he would would hire somebody else. Um, I'm just looking through our notes here to try and find another well, talking. One oh, one more thing about that, actually. I'm sorry. No. Um, one more thing is Kevin Feige, we have to remember also, um, doesn't have a lifetime contract with Marvel. Um, at any point, they could, uh, you know, if a contract runs out, he could just decide to, to go on to different things. However, it would be, you would think, a better position for him to have this sort of studio head power and, and take more of a hands-off approach to these things, leaving his trusted people in his place. Um, that could keep him going with Disney and Marvel for, for some years in the future. Um, so maybe this is all part of the master plan. Who knows? Who knows? I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know he had, a, you know. In a, not an exclusive deal that that he could go do whatever well, he if he ha- so chose. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. he has an exclusive, but what I mean though is it's not ten years or or anything. Oh, it's right. It, I, I want to say it's recently. Uh, I I want to say it's tied to the phases in essence, but who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm I'm looking through your notes here. Uh, back to the Disney Fox thing. Uh, before we we wrap this up, you you put in in all caps. <laughs> Gambit is dead. <laughs> um as a movie i'm assuming as a movie but would you think that you know because they've been trying to get that project out the ground would they make a tv series about it you know he would be a good tv series um i will say that before i get to the bad news um gambit would work the bad news is uh and the reason why i typed it on all caps i was uh having a moment was because there was rumors that uh Fox is going to quote unquote like rush a Gambit movie out um, because, you know, once the Disney Marvel deal hits, they can't make it. And that is just ludicrous. Um, there's there's no way a that Fox at this point is doing anything without Disney oversight, um, whether the ink is dried or not. Uh, I think Iger said that he's already talked to the vice presidents over at Fox. So there is communication. Uh, secondly, if you're Channing Tatum, because <laughs> this is the supposed star of this fictional movie, right. um, if you're Channing Tatum, do you want to make a movie that's pretty much DOA? I mean, there's there's no way that, that a Gambit movie would spawn a sequel then uh, if it was made. There's no way that he would integrate with the MCU if they're going to recast everybody. So that just, you know, the, the idea that they're going to you know get this Gambit movie off the ground before the Fox deal is done is crazy. That being said... Gambit is a super popular character. And if you grew up in the 90s and watched that X-Men cartoon, he probably was your favorite outside of Wolverine. So I could very easily see a Gambit TV series. I think that would be great um, as long as you got the right guy totally. to, to lead it. Full disclosure, uh, he was my favorite from that cartoon. <laughs> and he was my person to uh, to play as for the uh, Sega Genesis uh, X-Men game back in the back in the day. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, when I watched that, you know, when I was younger, it, it definitely was the same for me. I loved Gambit. I mean, who didn't love a guy in pink and a and a trench coat that threw glowing cards around? I mean, exactly. <laughs> and this giant staff. Like, yeah, he's, for no reason, for no reason, for no reason. But he was awesome. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, yeah. that would be a good character. And and I guess before we wrap things up, I, I did think of a, a something that's not in our notes here. Sure. Um, but I'm wondering, possibly, what they would if they would strike a deal with Sony, much like they did with Spider-Man: Homecoming, to use Spider-Man characters. Because I know 
God, I know Sony's been itching to make that Sinister <laughs> Six project. And uh, I mean, obviously, I guess we'll see how Venom does. But um, I know that. Yeah, right. I, that's, that's a whole nother <laughs> topic. But um, I know the, the what the like stinger in Spider-Man Homecoming kind of hints at like a Sinister Six setup. I'm wondering if maybe a that would be best suited for a TV series, and and b would Marvel slash Disney shell out the the money to license those characters from Sony? I I would be curious. That's interesting because what, what makes that really interesting is the deal with Sony as it stands, as far as I know, is the there was no money that exchanged hands. It was literally Kevin Feige saying, "If you give us rights to Spider Man, we will make the movies." you can make the profits as long as we can use them in Avengers. And Sony said, sure, that sounds great. And Disney um, did the merchandise. Like Disney got the merchandise. Well, yeah. 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 But um, as far as, as TV side, I don't see much um, for Sony to gain there, honestly, uh, as far as that goes, like with Venom or, or anybody like that, and, unless there was, you know, you said Disney shelling out the money in it. And at that point, I don't know if it, it makes sense for them to spend money on characters that, you know, may or may not work at this point. But um, as far as the Sinister Six, uh, I think if you have the spider, well, no, because Sony, again, distributes those. So anything would require a, uh, I guess, a uh, a contract. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's a bummer if they can't, to be honest with you, because... Uh, Spider-Man in particular, his characters, um, as Sony's finding out, aren't really big names outside of Venom. So it's 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 difficult to launch these huge movies with them. But boy, they'd be great on a TV series. Totally. Well, and and two, like you know, we've seen. I mean, Marvel has made uh, you know uh, mountains out of molehills, you know, for lack of a better term, because like they've taken B, C, D list characters uh, and have made like hundreds of million dollar uh profiting movies out of them so like mm -hmm. you know who, who's to say they couldn't do the same with those like characters but at the same time as you said it would involve shelling out the money they don't own the rights outright would that cost analysis benefit actually work in their favor who knows but um i was just curious because i i doubt I doubt that Sinister Six movie is going to get made uh, in no. the current state of things. So I would, no. I was just wondering if that would be a, better suited for television. You know, and and not to digress too much, but they are Sony is putting all their eggs in the Venom basket right now. They they really need that movie to work. Um, early reports say that it's it's going to have a great opening weekend, but you know, opening weekends don't mean anything anymore. So the legs are really what people are going to look at. And if they, if they whiff on Venom, then it's going to be very interesting to see where Sony goes from there. Totally. Cause right now they're, they're, they're not really, they're probably not going to introduce a new Spider-Man cause they already no. have one. So, yeah. And, and again, they're making the profits from those movies. Marvel's just making the creative input. So I, yeah, I'd be, I'd be really, really curious to see where they go. Um, they, but they, I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just say no. Go ahead. I, I I was yeah. I was just gonna say that they've already Sony has set themselves up to integrate. Um, I, again, we haven't seen the the finished movie, but they've uh, reduced the rating of the Venom movie from an R to a PG-13 in hopes that it would be more four quadrant and appeal to Disney for a potential merger down the line. Um, as far as characters, not business merger. Um, 
And I I think that they really, really want it. And I think in the movie we'll see that there there probably won't be any allusions to Spider-Man or anything because they don't want to paint themselves in a corner right now. They want to see how the movie does so that they can go to, to Kevin Feige and be like, hey, you want to use Venom. You need to use Venom. And uh, for that to happen, they're going to have to be very careful with how they make that movie. Exactly. Well, we'll see if that – we'll see in in a week – Oh God! In a week, we'll see if that, yeah, that works. It's crazy, huh? Yeah, yeah, I know. Where does the time go? Um, well, uh, before we wrap up, do you have any like final thoughts on on this whole the, the the deal, the service, the the Marvel Television versus Marvel Studios? Any anything of that sort that we that we didn't touch on that you you wanted to include it in input on? Uh, yeah, one thing uh, that I did want to mention, because it does sound like we're, we're really railing against Marvel TV here, but they they are still making TV shows. There was a report recently that they're working on a female-led TV show over at ABC for you know some sort of female superhero team-up. Um, so the, Marvel TV is still developing. Um, I just am curious if these if the streaming service, which you know Disney is putting their entire business behind at this point, and if Kevin Feige and the Disney streaming service hit it off and he makes shows that are, are great, then we could be looking at a situation where, you know, those Marvel TV announcements are, are few and far between and eventually turn non-existent. Um, so, you know, if you're a fan of Marvel TV, don't take any of this for granted at this point. If you like Cloak and Dagger and The Runaways, make sure you watch it because um, I'm not too sure that these, uh, these shows are going to be around for the long haul. Absolutely. No, I would, I would second that. And, and, uh, to anybody listening who likes those shows, once again, pardon my ignorance for not knowing <laughs> which one is which and which network they're on. I, I sincerely apologize. It's not meant to belittle. I just, it's just not something I know. So no, well, as you shouldn't, I mean, these are obviously marketed to different people than, than you or I. So exactly. I just know it because I'm a nerd and you know, that's my job. So it's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a hundred percent fair. Well, um, I think we're we're pretty much at the end here. So Charles, thank you again for logging on. We 100% should do this uh, more often. This this was a, a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. All right. And before we close out the show proper, just to reiterate uh, from the top of the episode, uh, this is the Playlist Podcast. We are part of the Playlist Podcast Network. Uh, if you enjoy this show, you could subscribe to us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. You'll get access to this show as well as Adjust Your Tracking, Over Under Movies, Indie Beats, um, whatever your jam is, uh, we hope to have it. If we don't have it, uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you would like to see on the show. Let us know that you like it. Or if you don't like it, let us know. We, I always am, uh, you know, fine to hear that and we can know what we can improve on. Uh, so, Charles, once again, thanks for joining me. And uh, to our listeners, we'll catch you on the next episode.